The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, happy Friday, everyone. You're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. I'm Dr. Doug Bursch, co-pastor of Evergreen Foursquare Church in Auburn, Washington. So I had a whole show planned today. It was provocative, maybe a little controversial, but then God changed my mind. So I'm going to talk about something else, the breath of God. Are you weary? You need times of refreshing. Well, today's show might be for you. Today, we're talking about the Holy Spirit being God's breath to enliven our lives, our faith, and to give us hope in trying times. On today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Thanks for joining us. This is the Fairly Spiritual Show. I'm Dr. Doug Bursch, co-pastor of Evergreen Foursquare Church in Auburn, Washington. So uh, I was under our house this week in the crawl space. And uh, here's the deal. If you're someone, when I said I was under the house in the crawl space and you went like that and, and it freaked you out, I'm just like you. The last place I want to be is under my house in the crawl space. I have a very active imagination. I understand that probably there's nothing down there that'll bother me, but the idea of going down there was not a fun experience. And so uh, we got a little rambler a house, and so um, I had to go down there because I wanted to check out some plumbing issues for a toilet that I was fixing. And so, and, and I'm not much of a Mr. Fix-It. You know, in the Google YouTube age, we think we can fix things, right? We Google it, we YouTube it, and we're like, hey, I can do this. And so in some ways, YouTube has helped us. In other ways, it gets us to do projects that are a little above our skill level. So I was engaged in one of those projects. Just to let you know, I finished it, it's fine. At least I think it's fine, but uh, we'll go from there. But anyway, so I went down and I'm in the crawl space and I had to crawl way to the other side of the house, right? So I'm, some of you guys are just like, this is getting me claustrophobic. Well, it got me claustrophobic too and I was doing it. So I'm crawling on my hands and knees. I'm going under some air things we have for central air in our house and just kind of, I got a, a headlamp on my head there and I'm actually going by, we have a bunch of skunks out where we are, um, where we live. And I swear that some skunks hide under one of our decks and one of the decks has this little area where where it basically there's a vent that leads out to that deck and I had to crawl by that side so my imagination is I'm crawling by there and I swear there's going to be a skunk just looking in the vent at me you know ready to spray me as I'm underneath the house in this crawl space and I finally get myself uh to where the plumbing is and I begin to do the work that is necessary. Well, I didn't realize this, but I don't know if you've ever done this when you're really tense, that you stop breathing normally. Your breathing becomes tight, right? You're just kind of... And I realized that I was breathing like really controlled. Like, I don't know what this was. Maybe I was saving my breath in case something would happen, but I wasn't breathing at a normal pace. Also probably because I'm under the house and I really don't want to breathe in any of that stuff anyway. 
It's a common thing that when we're going through stresses or trials or traumas, sometimes we forget to breathe and someone has to say, hey, just breathe. Take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. In fact, right now, let's just do that. If you, if anything you get from the show, maybe you get a deep breath out of it. So wherever you are, just take a deep breath, right? Here, let's do it together. And I'm not going to be one of those controlling people that says you got to breathe in through your nose or out through your mouth or through your mouth and out your nose. That just, I don't like that kind of control. You breathe the way you want to breathe. Let's just breathe in and breathe out. There you go. So when we're going through trials and traumas, we need to breathe. We also know that when it comes to uh, difficult tasks, when we're working really hard, when we're climbing that mountain, when we're in an athletic campaign, uh, we need breath. It's important to have breath. Uh, On today's show, I want to talk about this issue. Uh, The fact is that each of us need times of refreshing. And those times of refreshing are going to come to each of us when we can find ways to breathe in the breath of God. I want to read just the scripture that got me thinking about this. It's from Acts 3.17. And this is where uh, Peter is addressing this group and and talking to them. Basically, you you had Pentecost where the Holy Spirit's poured out, this large crowd is gathered, and Peter's standing up and giving a message about what has happened. But in that message... He says something very important. He says, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance. So he talks about how you rejected Messiah, but Christ died and rose and ascended and has now poured out the Holy Spirit. This is what you see. But he's saying, this thing I just told you, I know you've acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Then he goes on. He says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. This stuck with me because Peter says, Repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And we talk a lot about that when it comes to salvation, that Christ has come to what? To forgive us of our sins, to judge our sins um, on the cross, and then to present us as righteous before God. But Peter says here, repent so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come. And how will these times of refreshing come? They come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. So Peter says, if you repent, your sins are going to be blotted out, but you're also going to receive refreshing. And this refreshing is going to be from the presence of the Lord. Now, if you look at that word refreshing, it's, it's kind of a neat word because it actually means, uh, if you look at the Greek, refreshing means to catch your breath. To you, You've lost your breath to catch your breath. In fact, it has two meanings. It, it can mean uh, like to be cooled down, like a cool wind or breeze that brings you refreshment, right? That idea, the refreshing of a cool breeze. Or it can also mean the concept of you're short of breath and you catch your breath. It's such a beautiful image for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's something that people would understand this double meaning. Because the Holy Spirit has just been poured out on the people. 
And now the disciples and the followers of Jesus are experiencing this time of refreshing where they're experiencing the very breath of God. And to understand the context of this, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Holy Spirit and give you a little bit of background of just the, the Hebrew and the Greek meaning of spirit. And I hope this will help you when you look at scriptures about the spirit. Now, I believe, and I assume you listening to this show, you believe that God is one but three persons, that we have one God, but he is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So hear me correctly when I talk about the Spirit, that I'm not trying to minimize the Spirit just as some sort of um, you know, expression of the wind or expression of the breeze or expression of breath. But it's important to know that when you look at the word spirit, spirit is attached to words of breath and wind. Uh, the Old Testament uh, uses the word spirit, and the spirit in Hebrew uh, in the Old Testament is ruach. And ruach literally means breath or wind. So the breath of God or the wind of God. Now, it doesn't just mean that. It means the spirit of God. So again, I'm not trying to just make God spirit and breath. But it's important for you to realize that a Hebrew listener, when they hear that word, they're going to see that connotation. They're going to think about the Spirit of God in that imagery of breath and of wind. In the New Testament, uh, the Greek word for spirit is pneuma, and it's the same thing. Pneuma is breath and wind. And so let's look at this, how important it is. Even at the very beginning of our scripture in Genesis 1, It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless, empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now I want you to see the Spirit of God hovering over the waters in the context of ruach, of breath, of wind. That you have the the beginning, there's just this emptiness, this formlessness, but there is a Spirit hovering, the wind, the breath of God, just hovering. And from that wind and from that breath, there's creative power because God speaks. And what you get from this image is God has intention. God speaks. God says, let there be. And God activates the breath and the wind, and there is. So God says, let there be light. And the breath and the wind creates light. So you see this with the Spirit of God is the Spirit of God is where the intention of God is activated. You see that over and over again, that the Spirit becomes the way that God speaks creation into existence. We know that even, uh, it says that in Romans, if I can find this here uh, in some notes, Romans 8.11 says, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. So Paul says that the Spirit is the one that raised Christ from the dead. And you get the same image that the Spirit, and I, and I believe this is probably the case, that the Spirit was just hovering over Christ in the tomb, just hovering and waiting. And God spoke, and the Spirit gave breath to the Messiah And the Messiah rose up into resurrected life. Just as in the beginning, formless and void, the Spirit 
hovering over her, and God said, let there be, and there was life. The Spirit raised Christ from the dead. Christ died and trusted his life into the hands of the Father, and the Father spoke, and through the Spirit that was hovering over our crucified Messiah, he came back to life, to resurrected eternal life. We see this over and over again, how breath and wind and the Spirit are active in the concepts of life and of creation. Uh, You see this uh, even in the concept of the creation of humans. Uh, It says in Genesis 2, 7, you know, we say it says man was formed from the dust of the earth, right? But in 2, 7, it says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed. It's very important, this breath part, because we know that the spirit is breath, right? The spirit is the wind. And so it says that from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril, the breath of life, and the man became a living being. We see these things over and over again where the Spirit is active in bringing life, in bringing creation. We see this in, uh, in, in Mary in the Immaculate Conception, right? We see this, uh, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So the Holy Spirit is the agency by which Mary conceives Jesus. Look at even the day of Pentecost and the concept of the Holy Spirit with wind and breath. Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. See, this is very important. They would understand this, reading this in the Greek, right? The sound of a blowing wind came from heaven. What is the spirit in Greek? Pneuma. It means wind. It means breath. So on the day of Pentecost, suddenly the sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Breath or the Holy Wind of God and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We see in 2 Timothy 3.16 the creative power of the Spirit that, and the tying of the Spirit being the breath of God. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That God-breathed is a synonym for Spirit-breathed. The Holy Spirit has brought us the Scripture. God's will for us to understand and to learn and to know uh, was carried out through the Spirit. And people, men and women motivated by the Spirit of God, lived out the will of God on earth. And that was written down and became Holy Scripture. We see this uh, in Genesis 41 38, where Joseph uh, is. uh, is interpreting Pharaoh's dream, and Pharaoh says, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? See, he attaches, Pharaoh attaches this understanding that the Spirit of God is actually uh, tied to uh, the breath of God, and that Joseph is speaking from that breath, 
that the words that are coming out of Joseph's mouth is God's breath, is God's voice, is God's will. You and I are called to be expressions or to be emanations of the breath of God. I wanted to spend some time today even just being heavy on Scripture, and that might be boring for some people, but I want you to have this rooted that whenever you see the Holy Spirit, you'll understand the Spirit in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that there's this attachment to breath and to wind and to voice. It's fascinating to me because in a real sense, to be human, for you to be a living human, you got to breathe, right? If you're not breathing, uh, you're no longer living. And the aspect of this is that we can actually glorify God just with our breath, just by breathing in, breathing out the goodness of God. Even if we can't talk, even if we can't express what we want to express, even if we can't move, our very breath can still, at some way, receive and express the will of God. The Spirit of God brings times of refreshing. That's what we see in the beginning. If you, you join me halfway through, I, I read a scripture here where Peter stood up and said, uh, you know, Christ has died for your sins, and you were ignorant of him as Messiah, but you know him as Messiah now, so repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And we looked at refreshing in the Greek, and refreshing literally means to catch your breath. Some of you are barely breathing. You need to catch your breath. You're going through some tremendous trials, some tremendous obstacles. And sometimes when we go through trials and obstacles, and, and, and we, just, you know, we just fight through it. We just keep working harder. But the reality is, maybe we need to catch our breath. You know, when you're losing your breath, like if anybody's had asthma or, or struggled with breathing issues, you can't power through that. If you're struggling with your breath, if you're about to have an asthma attack, you don't just play harder. What do you do? You have to stop. You have to stop and catch your breath. If, if you're climbing a hill... And, and your breath is getting worse and you're just like, and, you, and you're struggling with your breathing, you can't just, you know, push through that. You have to either slow down or stop to catch your breath. Because without that breath, you can't play. You can't play the game. You can't go up the hill. You can't do what is necessary. You need that oxygen, that oxygenation in your body to be able to do what God has called you to do. And I know there are people listening right now where you're barely breathing. And you don't even realize it. You have this shortness of breath, of spiritual breath, where you're barely breathing in and breathing out and breathing in and breathing out. And it's affecting your well-being. It's affecting your strength. It's affecting your relationships. It's affecting everything you're doing. And I would say that God is asking you maybe not even asking you, commanding you to stop. Wait. Wait for the breath of God. Wait for the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit to rush into your room and to fill you to overflowing 
with his heavenly oxygenation. Yes, I understand the Holy Spirit is more than breath, but the Holy Spirit is breath as well. You need the breath of God. Whenever you receive a breath in, when you breathe in, you have to breathe out, right? You can't just keep that breath in. You have to breathe out. And some of us are spiritually anemic because we've not been breathing in the breath of God. When you breathe in the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with the the wind of God, the breath of God, when you're filled with that, when you breathe that in, you're able to breathe out the Spirit of God. You're able to proclaim the goodness of God. Whenever the Holy Spirit fell in in the book of Acts, people began to preach. Why did they preach? Because they were filled with the breath of God. And when you're full of the breath of God, you have to excel the breath of God. So they just begin to exhale. And what do they exhale? Words and prophecies and powerful sermons and, and words that cut to the heart because they are full of the breath of God. If you want to have authority in your preaching and in your teaching and in your leading and in your communication, You need the breath of God. Before you do any more parenting, before you do any more lecturing, before you do any demands from your spouse or your friend, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the breath of God. In some ways, I wish there was an aspect of being with God if somehow the Holy Spirit could be flavored. So when someone breathed out, we'd be like, ah, I know this person has been with God. I can smell that sweet fragrance. But the reality is the Holy Spirit is flavored in this sense that people who've been filled with the Holy Spirit have the fruit of the Spirit, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. You see Christ. You find Christ. Christ comes to you. Christ shows up as they begin to speak and move and have their being because they are motivated by the breath of God. Their faces, their being, their entire existence has been nurtured by the breath of God. Have you been nurtured by the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit nurturing you? Have you experienced these times of refreshing? Has Christ come to you through the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you need God to resurrect something in your life? or to create something in your life. I want you to know that just as it was in the beginning, where the Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep, the Spirit is hovering over you. And just as the Spirit hovered over Jesus as he was in the tomb, the Spirit is hovering over you. And Father God right now is waiting to speak resurrected life into your life. Father God is waiting to speak created power into your life where he can say, let there be. Let there be in Tim. Let there be in Mary. Let there be in Wanda. Let there be in you, life. And when you yield to that let there be and you yield to the Holy Spirit's working in you, God creates things in your life. Are you willing to welcome the breath of God? Welcome the breath of God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and you would fill each of us to overflowing with your spirit and with your breath. May we breathe you in. Just as scripture is God-breathed, may we be God-breathed. 
May our actions, may our intentions, may our words, may our lives be expression of your breath. When people hear us, when people see us, may they think of the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come in a mighty way right now where each person is listening and you would fill them to overflowing with your Spirit, your divine provision, your divine breath. We pray that the mighty rushing wind of God would come and have residence in our life and that every person would know that our lives are spirit-breathed. Our lives are directed by the breath of God. Breathe into us. We breathe you in. (sighs) Thanks for listening. Hey, I appreciate you listening to today's show. Please text me, 360-818-4513, or you can leave a message, 360-818-4513, 360-818-4513. We need your donations to keep the show on the radio. You can do that through fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org. And subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those different platforms. We'd love for you to support us that way. Now make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. Breathe in the spirit of the Lord. Be an emanation of God's beauty and God's glory. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.